welcome to the Flourish podcast. This podcast is brought to you in conjunction with the Flourish Ladies events led by Carol Rawley and the team. Look out for the Saturday breakfast taking place on Zoom and join the Flourish Facebook group for encouragement, wisdom and feminine fellowship to help you to flourish. my delight to to be hosting today and to welcome Connie Taylor. Um, I have a, a little bit of information about her which I'm going to share with you but as soon as she gets talking I'm sure you'll um, pick up uh, way more about her. So she's married to Andrew and has two adult daughters. Um, Anna Lee is a children and families pastor and I understand that's at KXC which um, there's a couple of people in our church who have uh, children who, who go to KXC so that's good to know and uh, Natasha is a second year English teacher in a boys school in Oxfordshire. Um, Connie has been following Jesus on a crazy adventure for many years while serving as an evangelist in YWAM. And her and her husband have been uh, dreaming and plotting and scheming about what the next uh, move is for them um, coming out of the UK, particularly in mission. And they believe that God's calling those who are wild at heart, and I love that phrase, um, to follow him into the nations. And so Connie has, um, over her life, been sent around the world sharing the good news and they take students on missions trips in the summer, and um, they're looking to see the next generation of fiery-eyed, passionate lovers of Jesus take their place in fulfilling the Great Commission. So that, if that isn't something to whet your appetite on a Saturday morning, then I don't know what is. So I would uh, invite you all once more just to make sure that you're on um, mute and then I'll ask Connie to take herself off mute and uh, we are delighted to have you with us Connie. Great thank you Janet that's wonderful well let's let's pray Father thank you so much for this privilege to be together as women to gather around your word around your your presence it's such a joy because you promise to be with us when we gather corporately. And so Jesus, we thank you that you're with us in each one of our homes as we're together this morning. Would you speak through me, Father, and encourage our hearts, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, it is wonderful to be here this morning. And I, I have been thinking, what do I share? Lord, what should I share? I've been praying for you, praying for our time. And I want to share some of the things that are kind of brewing in my heart during this season. It's, it's a crazy season, isn't it? Well, I want to talk this morning a little bit uh, just to launch us off about faith, about trusting God. You know, Isaiah 46 is such a helpful song, uh, sorry, Psalm 46 is such a helpful psalm right now in this crazy time when, when it says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not 
fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shield with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted on the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Whoa, isn't that exciting? There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. And so God wants us just to trust in him in these crazy days. And we have, uh, we have the DNA of Abraham. We have the DNA. It says in Isaiah 51, look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah who bore you. When he was but one, I called him that, that I might bless him and multiply him. So, so he is our, he's our spiritual father, right? And so his, we have spiritual DNA from Abraham. And, and that is to live a life of faith. Uh, what does Abraham's faith look like? Well, I want to take you to Romans 4. Romans 4. I, I don't know what you've been doing in, <laughs> in lockdown, but I've been working on memorizing Romans. <laughs> it's a bit crazy, isn't it? But um, I, I'm up to about halfway through chapter 6, and it's really fun. And, and Romans 4 tells us, that against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. And without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but being strengthened in his faith, he gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Whew, this is why it was credited to him as righteousness. But the words it was credited were not written for him alone, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness for us who believe in him, who raised Jesus, our Lord from the dead. <laughs> he was delivered over for death for our transgressions and raised to life for our justification. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in our hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we rejoice in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character and character hope and hope will not disappoint us because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by faith through the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Whoa! We have this crazy faith. We have that kind of faith. Isn't that amazing? So even in 
the hard times, God is growing our faith and causing his love to be poured out in our hearts as our character grows, as our perseverance muscle grows. And so uh, I, when, you know, I have a fun story about how my faith was grown through trouble. Um, we, we, we had a, a, a vision to come and start a school of biblical studies in Cambridge with YWAM here. And um, we had our, our discipleship training school, but we really wanted a, a Bible school where our students could get the word of God hidden in their heart. And um, uh, we tried to get this couple to come and, and start one, but she got pregnant. So they postponed it a year and then she got pregnant again. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh no, you know, this, this could take a while. So Andrew and I went over and we just, we did the School of Biblical Studies for nine months uh, over it in the States. And then we came back to pioneer it. Well, when we came, I just want to say it was a, sc a scary thing to uh, think about doing it. And when I was over in Kona, I was like, there's no way we can do this. And do you know what God did? He called the head of the Bible department at the Kona YWAM University base to come and help me. He said, Connie, I'm going to come and be your personal advisor. So that was the first miracle. So then we, then Andrew said, Connie, where will we have the classrooms? And we had been praying and I was still over, over in the States and, uh, I said, honey, go check out City Church. He went that Sunday. They had just built a brand new education block, two brand new classrooms. And they said, you can, you can rent them. They're yours. So that's where we were going to have in a br brand new classroom. And then the third miracle, when I got back to England and Andrew was back, we tried to find accommodation. We had 10 students coming and six staff and we needed a big property. Um, and we started phoning around. Hello, yes, we'd like to rent your five bedroom house. Oh, are you a family? No, we're Sorry, we don't rent to charities. So we went to Liz, we said, Liz, what do we do? We need help to find a property. He said, let's ask Dave, ask Dave. He likes to look for properties. So we asked Dave, that was Sunday. On the Wednesday, they went to a friend's house and they went over for dinner and they said, do you know anybody who wants to rent a five bedroom house? He says, as a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> so the next day he told us, we went to see the property on Friday. It was friends of ours who are in the mission. And they, they live in, in one of the countries in the Middle East. I said, what are you doing home? He said, my mother has gone into a home. This is her house. We need to rent it by Tuesday because we're going back to the mission field. So he took us on a tour, this beautiful house. And um, uh, I forgot to say we were a little low on funds at that point. So we didn't have any money for a down payment. But as we walked around, he said, he said, uh, um, Connie, um, would you like it? I'm like, this is amazing. This place is amazing. He says, um, because I'm thinking, look at all this stuff in the house. How are we going to get all this furniture in a matter of days? And he said, Connie, do you mind if we leave all of our furniture? I said, no. Bedding, towels, sheets, everything. I'm like, thank you, Lord. Then, then he said, Connie, do you mind if we leave all the kitchen equipment? I said, oh, that's so wonderful. And then he said, Connie, do you mind if we don't, uh, what was it? 
oh, he said, how many months do you want the property? And I thought, oh, if we could only have it for 10, it would be great. But we'll, I said, we'll rent it for 12, even though we're not here in the summers. He said, would you mind just renting it for 10? I'd like to come home in the summers. I'm like, ah, that's amazing. And then he said, oh, would you mind if we don't charge you any rent for the first two months and you can pay us later? I said, that's wonderful because we don't have any money to pay you anyway. <laughs> so isn't God good? He just rolled out the red carpet. But, you know, God, when we step out in faith, God meets us there. And he, and when we think this is impossible for me, God says, it's possible for me. Trust me to do the impossible. So that's the first thing. The second thing is we might think, what is going on around here? Uh, this is unprecedented times. You probably have heard that a lot. So have I. But this is a crazy time. And I, I've heard four explanations of what's going on. The first one is that, uh, is that God is shaking, that God is shaking the earth, <laughs> whether he's using judgment uh, to bring people to repentance or he's just waking, you know, shaking to wake us. And, and judgments, I understand when God judges, it's so that he can remove every obstacle to, go, to his love. And that's the purpose of his judgments. And so God is shaking. The second thing is that the devil's raging and we see him stealing, killing and destroying. That's what he does. We see that going on. The, the third thing is man's sinning. Yeah, we see a lot of that happening <laughs> and man needs to repent. And fourthly, we see the, the earth groaning. So that's the backdrop. Of, of what I, I believe others believe is, is going on. So <clears throat> I, I was reading this book called The Midnight Cry by R.T. Kendall. He was the pastor of Westminster Chapel for, I don't know, 40, 20 years. <clears throat> and um, and he, he's talking about the parable of the five wise virgins and the five foolish ones. I don't know if you've read that lately, but he was saying, and uh, that, that there are five wise virgins and five fool, foolish. And, and Jesus told this parable talking about the end times. And he says, the foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in their jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up, trimmed their lamps. The foolish one said, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. And so, uh, what is this midnight cry? He he's talking about a wake-up call. A wake-up call, it comes in the middle of the night. 
that it, and he was suggesting, I was reading this book in January <laughs> and he said there, he says he believes the next thing that's going to happen is going to be a, a global trauma, something that's going to cover the earth that everyone is going to feel kind of like the 9-11 that day that changed the world, right? And he, he felt there's coming and it's going to be a wake up call for the bride of Christ to wake up. To, to make sure that they're that the that they have not only their lamps, which some feel is is a symbol of the word of God, right? Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So what's the oil? Well, that's what keeps the lamp burning, right? And many believe that's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That's the the presence of, of God. And uh, Mike Bickle calls it the secret history, your secret history with God. So it's, it's that place. Uh, Leviticus, God says five times, Leviticus chapter six, keep the fire on the altar burning. Uh, and they do that with oil. And so, so it's not just the word, but it's also the spirit. And so here, both of these virgins, these two groups of virgins, they both had lamps. And at one point, they both had oil. But then what happened? They all fell asleep. But when the midnight cry came, they woke up. Do you know what's funny about when you're asleep? You don't know you're asleep until you wake up. And, and sometimes you're in such a heavy sleep that somebody has to come and shake you. <laughs> wake up, wake up, it's time for school. It's time for work, wake up, you know? And, uh, and so, so <clears throat> this, uh, could be uh, that shaking, that wake up. You know, Hebrews 12 says, uh, at, you know, at one, one more time in verse 26, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. And uh, so he said, it indicates once more, indicates the removing of what can be shaken so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, <clears throat> Since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. Haggai, Haggai tells us uh, that God said once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens so that what the treasured of the nations will come to me. He's going to restore the glory to his temple. And, and God wants all the treasured of the, treasured of the nations to come to him. So, so we see God shaking. <laughs> There's a shaking going on, right? <laughs> and God is giving us an eternal kingdom. And it's a wake-up call to the church. And, and we need to wake up because there's also, I have, have, did you hear about these two calls this last year uh, in February during, uh, for the time of Lent, Lou Engel in America, who leads the call, a prophetic uh, intercessor movement. Um, and he called people to fast and pray for 40 days uh, during Lent uh, before Easter. And um, he was said, let's pray. I, God told me two years ago to call a 40 days prayer for a, a, a youth awakening, a Jesus, another Jesus movement. Well, then Pete Gregg on this side of the ocean, he started 24-7 prayer. 
he he said, let's pray during the season of Lent for another great awakening. Isn't that crazy? On both sides of the ocean? I've never heard of such a thing. <laughs> and this is a season where people are calling fasts. It's time to pray. We've got to get ready because God wants to bring a global awakening. They believe a, mil a billion souls are going to come into this end time harvest. And so we have to ask ourselves, are we ready? Are we revival ready? There's a pastor in, in Birmingham uh, I've been uh, getting to know named Steve Uppel. He leads all nations in Wolverhampton. And he's, he's been preaching about revival ready. I like, I love that. Um, and and, and uh, talking about discipleship, that we need to get back to discipleship. You know, the Great Commission, says, go into all the world and make disciples of every nation. So that's the great commission. It's not the great suggestion. <laughs> and so God's given us this commission to make disciples. Now, in order to make disciples of others, we have to be a disciple. And the, the root of disciple is discipline. And so, in this season, I believe God is calling us back to personal discipleship and to learn how to disciple others. And, uh, and some of the things that have encouraged us over these days in lockdown is getting back to spiritual disciplines. Uh, um, they, the, the ancients, the, our spiritual fathers called, called them the easy yoke. Uh, and it's fat, it's prayer, it's fasting, it's meditating on the word of God, it's having times of silence. It's, it's, um, those are the things we've been working on. <laughs> anyway, we've been trying practicing these things. <laughs> and, um, and it's been really exciting what God has been doing in our hearts. And we feel that God has been stirring up that fire in our souls. And, um, so I just want to encourage you, you know, to, to uh, in these days when God is waking us up uh, to, to get back to our first love and to get back to doing the business of God, to both being a disciple, practicing those spiritual disciplines, and learning how to draw somebody alongside of you and say, hey, would you like to read the Bible with me? Would you like to read through John with me? We could do it over a few weeks you know, and to, to make disciples. I've just met a lady uh, on Thursday morning. I was out walking in the, in the field and uh, I was in the trees and, uh, and this lady was walking, coming toward me. She said, oh, excuse me, are you counting, recording the squirrels? I said, no, <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, I'm just, I'm just uh, trying to memorize the book of Romans. <laughs> And I, she says, you are? I said, yes, and it's so exciting. Do you know it says, and I, I'm trying to get to Romans 8, because 8 talks about how if God is for us, who can be against us? That nothing can separate us from the love of God. She said, really? What does that mean? And 40 minutes later, I said, would you like to meet up on Sunday morning for coffee? And we can, I can tell you more about this relationship with God. So I'm going to meet her. I'm going to make a disciple, I hope. <laughs> anyway, I think that's about all I have, Janet. Uh, and uh, I just want to hand it back over to you. I hope I haven't gone too long. <laughs> 
Well, thank you to Connie Taylor and Jan Watt for that recording. If you'd like to hear more from Connie, there's another podcast on its way called Getting Ready for the Move of God, an interview with Connie Taylor. I'm Georgina Newton, your podcast host, and I hope this episode has blessed you. Don't forget to check out the other recordings on our Flourished Podcast Library. Until the next time, God bless.